Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, how you doing, Cal? 
What's good, Johnny, man? Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on, man, and chatting with me for a minute, man. Well, thanks for having me. Now, you you know, uh, first of all, like, just tell me a little bit about yourself, like, where you from and how, you know, and, you know, our kind of connection, you know, let them know on your end, you know? Well, you know, we lived in the same building in uh, East Harlem, Spanish, some people call it, refer to it as Spanish Harlem, uh, right there on 110th Street, Lexington Avenue. And, uh, you know, we can we you know, we come up from a really uh, rich neighborhood. I mean, I don't mean rich as far as money, even though I guess there was some money there, but I mean as far as cult- culturally, you know what I mean? We have a little everything going on in our community, you know. I'm very proud of where I come from. Yeah, that's right. No doubt, no doubt. Now, when we was growing up, John, you know, you know better than everybody, like, the gangs was different back then. You yourself being a member of, like, one of the well-known, most famous gangs back then, the, I think it was the Renegades of Harlem, am I correct? Right, Renegades of Harlem. And some sometimes they had it in Spanish, Renegados de El Barrio. All right. Sometimes now, they had like, it on their jackets in Spanish. Like, tell us how did you know, like, how did you get into the gang, you know, back then, and what age was you was, and how did it all come about? Well, uh, I was about 18, about 17, 18 years old. And, uh, you know, matter of fact, this is the first time you're really talking about this because if some of my friends back then knew that I had gotten in the gang, they would have been pretty much upset with me because I knew a lot of them uh, that were, you know, a lot of the OGs that were older than I were. Uh, you know, I knew the president of the Imperial Spartans. Uh, that was a gang. I knew some of the big guys from the Wild Ace. I mean, Wild Aces. Uh, I knew some guys from uh, the Savage Summarize. Uh, my one matter of fact, one of my little brothers was a Savage Samurai. So, you know, really, when you really look at it, oh, don't let me forget the Fountain Brothers. I had a friend that was a, also a Fountain Brother. That was a pretty much an all-black gang. They used to hang out in Central Park at that time. But um, I really had no business being in a gang, but it was something that I that I did. And, uh, yeah. you know, pretty much the reality of it is I did it just to be just to try to get around the girls, you know, the Puerto Rican girls at that time. Okay. No doubt. I hear you. <laughs> now, you know, and yeah. at the time, y'all was, y'all was basically like the graffiti, hip-hop was beginning, you know, and all that was around you at the same time, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, that was big back then. I mean, you know, you had the, the Ronnie Greens, you know, you had the Ray Vons, you had, a, you know, um, you had... Um, Oh man, um, just a whole lot. We had, of course, we had our, you know, uh, Jeff Schuster, our Jazzy Jeff. We had Brian Lucy. He would bring his equipment out and do that thing. God bless him. And uh, you know, it, it was just if we had a brother named Louie Lou. I don't know if you remember him. He used to take his equipment out yeah, there on 115th Street, uh, Lexington Avenue. Yeah. 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 I remember Louie Lou? Yeah. No doubt. So we had Dr. Jeff to hide in our building, in our project. Yes. Yes, Alonzo, Alonzo Brown, yes. And, uh, you know, I can remember when, he was, when they were doing their rhymes, you know, reading it off a piece of paper, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, him and, and uh, Andre Harrell would, was, was always around all the time. So, you know, and so we got to see those guys when they were first, you know, starting out. You know, it was a lot going on in our neighborhood. I mean, we had Alex Ramos, you know, Golden Gloves, Hector Camacho didn't live far away. People like Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Joe Batan used to hang out in our neighborhood. You know, yeah. so, you know, we, that even to this day, I'm willing to bet you a majority of us, if we see somebody famous, we don't swear, we don't, you know, chase them around. You know, we don't like, yeah, 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 we don't see it at all. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, like, that's why I said in the beginning of the show, we had a very rich, rich neighborhood. and was a lot of talent, a lot of uh, people, uh, you know, in our neighborhood. Out of all the groups you would say back in the days, who you would say to you, Johnny, was the best group in the beginning? But you mean as far as you mean as far as well-known rappers or like from our and our and our 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 era, and you know like the time when Jekyll and Hyde and all of them started off, but the the brothers that was representing Harlem. Well, like I said a few minutes ago, you know it was mostly. It, the way I remember it, even before them, it was like Ronnie Green and, you know, Brother Ray Vaughn. I know you remember him. And, yeah. uh, you know, that brother right there, I can remember, man, uh, people would come from other areas 
to come over there and try to challenge him. And uh, by the end of the day, he was still out there wolfing. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that dude could go on for hours at a time. You know what I mean? Maybe that dude, that, that brother was no joke, man. He was no joke, man. And you know the difference back then, John? Like, it could be outside. Like, they can't have dams outside like we had back then. Yeah, yeah. well, let me tell you. It, it, you know, every now and then we had our little incidents, but pretty much, you, you're right, Kev. I mean, you could bring your equipment outside and have a good time. And, you know, keep in mind, though, at the same time, you know, um, the rappers was really, it was really just really beginning to start become a rapper thing because back then when you were you know, MCing, you were really showcasing your DJ back then. It was mm-hmm. all about the DJ back then. So, we, of course, you mm-hmm. know, we had little DJ Spivey, and like I said before, we had Louie Lou and people people like that from our neighborhood. But I, as I remember it, it was all about the DJ Fresh. If you remember the early songs from Grandmaster Flash and whatnot, it was always Flash and this, Flash and that. Remember that? So that's how yeah. it used to be. It used to be all about your DJ, how could he, how well he could cut the music. I, well, he could blend the music and whatever. And so mostly, when we went to a party, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't go there to listen to the to the, to the rapper. I, I went there to listen to the cuts. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to hear somebody rock some turntables. You know what I mean? And, what was the matter of fact, huh? No, go ahead, finish. Yes, sir. No, nah, nah, but, but I was going to say, you know, as a matter, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, uh, you know, at, during that time, you know, some of the really popular songs back then was, you know, like Super Sperm and Dog a Donut and Apache. You know, those were the main songs that was going on back then. So, uh, that, yeah. that, you know, that, that that's how it was back then. So, as a matter of fact, we didn't even call it rapper hip-hop back then. We used to just say, who's jamming? Who's rocking? Yeah, You know, and exactly. of, course, of course, the parents, and of course, the parents called it racket. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it didn't. It didn't even have a name back then. I guess the rap or hip hop just uh, that just kind of got on it late on. That's that's the bottom now. Somebody could tell you, probably tell you something differently, but to my knowledge, that's how it went down. They, we really didn't call it rap or hip hop. We just said, you know, who's rocking? Yeah, it, it didn't be get to become rap until maybe the 1980s. You know, when they had your MC raps and things like that. Back then, yeah, it was and, uh, really the MCs yeah, was like Hill Gang. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, Sugar Hill Gang. I, I don't even, yeah, it, it wasn't really rap or rappers. Dudes was MCs and DJs, you know? Right. MCs. Right. Now, right. Um, the, the one thing I, I, I wanted to ask you, like, when you see, like, the, the gangs behind the, the music now, was y'all be um, taking care of rappers like, like now, you know, a lot of rappers go to shows and they have, they click with them. Was it like that with y'all back in the days when y'all was, was y'all holding some other type of DJs down or, D, or something like that in that time? Well, in, of it, course, you know, my, what, go ahead, Kev, go ahead. Was there any other crews doing it? Um, well, the crew that I mostly hung with, you know, was with, you know, Jazzy Jeff and, uh, I mean, not Jazzy Jeff, but Jeff too with Jazzy, yeah, Jazzy Jeff and Brian Lucy and them. You know, we pretty much were all just good friends. And so, you know, one one of us had to carry, help carry the crates. One of us had to help carry the records. And we were all just good friends just trying to go out and uh, have a good time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm sure, you know, I can't speak for other groups, but that's how it was with our group. And you didn't even have problems back then. It wasn't like nobody trying to take the equipment. I mean, it might have been. I think it was a couple of things that happened back then, but not constantly like now. At place. No, no, it wasn't. No, uh, I mean, of course, we had our issues every now and then, but no, it was. Now we didn't have it the way it is now. I mean, something is is you know something is going on with that. But um, now you know for the most part, you know. For the most part, we didn't have any problems. But then again, at the same time, you really out there really making that money, you know what I mean? That changes things, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't say we weren't making, they weren't making a little change, you know, doing what they were doing. But still, you know, I, I you know, I guess, you know, I guess we could say the ones that was really making a few dollars or whatever, I guess they really had to watch themselves, you know? Yeah, yeah, no no question. Like, how, like when you see the, the, the initiation now, 
into the gangs. Like, I used to hear about the Apache line. Was that something true back in the days? Like, cats used to have to go through the Apache line to get to get in those type of games, like the Renegades. Uh, I heard of that before, but I didn't see it myself. I've seen a few guys getting lit up, but that's because they did some things that uh, they probably shouldn't have. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't really see that as really as prevalent, man. I mean, I got a story I can tell you about that, though. Um, <laughs> you, got, you want me to tell it? Well, check this out, man. I never told anybody this story, man. So, um, so here, here I go. So, we were uh, all together. They decided that they wanted to go down to Alphabet City, the Renegades. You know what I mean? So, a bunch of us. I mean, it was a lot. I mean, a lot of us. So, there was this gang. I think the gang was called the Sincerian Dragons. So we went down there, and, you know, Roy, who was the president at the time, that dude was something else, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know, this dude had the scariest eyes you could ever see. Boy, that dude was scary, though. Anyhow, he told, they told everybody, don't nobody leave, don't nobody leave, you know what I mean? So we went down there, we started hanging out with them, the Sincere Dragons, and we ended up at this club and whatever, this and that. So it was a lot of activity going on and dancing and screaming and hollering. You know how you do it, um, so I decided, you know, me and my friend Richie, God bless him, I don't know where he is, man. Somebody told me he passed away, but, you know, man, it would be nice if I could see him again. But anyhow, um, I decided I wanted to go home and, and eat and come back. So I went home, came back. must have took me about uh, two hours, two hours and a half, whatever. So I went, man, you know, had something to eat, changed, I washed up a little bit, you know, went back on over to the club. So when I got in there, I looked around, and I didn't see nobody in there. So I was like, wow, where everybody at? You know, like, yeah, I, I'm thinking, well, maybe they hold up somewhere with some girls or whatever. You know what I mean? So I'm standing there, and then one dude, Spanish dude, came in there. He said, yo, you you a renegade? I said, yeah. I said, what's up, man? He said, what's up, bro? I said, hey, nothing, man. You know, where everybody at? Oh, man, be right. Hold on, man. We be right back. So I'm standing there waiting, like, thinking, well, everybody going to come around or whatever. He come back in there maybe about 15 minutes later with two Doberman pinches. So I'm looking at the dude like, okay, he in there with two Doberman pinches. So I'm looking at him with the dogs, and then somebody came behind me, man, and choked the life out of me. I mean, cut off my windpipe like a mug. I mean, I was done. So I didn't know. I didn't know what happened. See, what happened was they had had a rumble that early that morning. So... Mm. <laughs> So, you know, so I didn't know. So this dude just cut off my windpipe. I mean, cut off my windpipe like a mug, man. So there was this brother there, and he was standing in there, and he pleaded with the dude. He said, yo, man, let him go, let him go, man. He didn't know. He came in peace. He didn't know. You know what I mean? So the dude let me go. And uh, he said, get out of here, man. Get out of here, man. And I took off care You know, I was a fast runner when I was little, man. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I flew down the street, bro. I mean, man, bro, I flew straight down, down to the train. I, and I swore he let them Dobermans go. You know what I'm wow. saying? So I didn't know that they had a rumble that night, man. But I guess you, I guess we can say it. But I guess I should say we can say that the Most High had a better plan for me that day, man. Because, you know, I could have <laughs> even been killed and uh, nobody would know nothing about it. And, and, and yeah. as a matter of fact, when I really, yeah, and when I really think about it, if I had stayed doing that rumble, they'll tell you I might have got shot or stabbed. You know what I'm saying? So it's a funny, yeah. so it's a funny thing how things go. We never know. But uh, definitely, the Most High was definitely looking out for me that day, man. You know, so man, that was a story I never told nobody. And so when I got back, I I did not even tell them what happened because you know what would have happened. Because yeah, not went, only would they uh, would have got mad at me, but then they would have made us made me go back over there, find out who it was. Would have made me fight. Would have been a whole big thing. And those dudes right there were ruthless. I mean, they would have just burned the whole town down. I mean, so I did not even tell them what happened. So it wasn't long after that that I had got out of the gang. After that, okay. Was it yeah. easy to get out? Like you know, you hear stories. How how did you get out? Well, I kind of phased out on my own, kind of, but then at that time, it was breaking. You know, the gang thing was really phasing out at that time. 
you know, remember, because mm-hmm. remember we had the black spades and all that, and African bad body and all them. You know, some people may see it differently, but, you know, back then it was a thing where they kind of faded out. The gang thing kind of just, you know, kind of fizzed out, and then people just started breaking off into little crews and stuff. You know what I mean? So, you know, you can you can almost imagine I was very surprised when I found out, man, now that they got these Bloods and Crips going on down there now. And I yeah, asked one yeah. of our OGs from our I asked one of our OGs from what I made from our neighborhood. Um, you know, I said, Mark, I said, What happened, man? Uh, he said, uh, man, you dropped the ball. I said, Yeah, apparently so. But I was like, How did that happen? You know, because the gang thing just fizzed out and then this thing pops back up, man. This that's you know, <laughs> Man, I tell you what, I mean, but hey, it started in Rikers Island over here. You know, it became like you know, one crew with one one set of people was dominant. So then another Crips. It's not more like the California thing. They really based out of gang, but then they come home out of prison. You know what I mean? I mean, when they come home out of prison, but it really started in Rikers Island. You know, in New York. The New York Crips and Bloods, they started fighting each other, and you know, first it was the, the blacks and Spanish, you know, they had the Latin Kings in there. You know, at first, one point in time, the Latin Kings were dominating Rikers Island. Right. You know, and, 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 you know, tearing up the black cats. Now, then it became the opposite. You know, they, they created the Bloods, you know what I mean? They started thinking those Bloods mm-hmm. were like sticking together. And I guess they, they started to outnumber them. The Crips came in there because I guess some of the cats that didn't want to be part of the, the Blood Gang started getting bullied by the Crips. Also with the Latin King, I mean, with by the Bloods, the Crips started getting bullied by the Bloods with the Latin Kings, so they they got together. But that's how they started. It's not like more like the California thing. They came from more like cruising jail. Yeah, and that and that's unfortunate, man, man, because you you because United, man, we can do just about anything, man. But that that's unfortunate, man. But um, you know, yeah. about that too. Tell you more about your younger brother, yeah. Second young young brother Henry. Oh, Henry? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing he's doing what he has to do and um you know, I'm very proud of him too, man. He he he's you know, he's really, you know, got a head on his shoulders, man, and uh and uh, you know, uh, you know, making a name for himself and doing what he has to do, man. He's a really positive dude. So, you know, I'm proud of now, it. Did the, did the gangs go and, um, like, like, is it true when you see Warriors, people say, was it that everybody left and got down with Zulu Nation? Like, did the Renegades, Black Spades, and all of them come together and say, we're going to be Zulu Nation? Was that what really happened? If that's what happened, I missed that. I wasn't in, I wasn't there. By that time, <clears throat> by the time, by the time I phased out of the, the, uh, um, uh, gang thing, I turned around and started getting more into the graffiti thing. And then okay. I tried to get up with that. You know, I didn't really get up like my friends did. Most notably, my friend, uh, you know, uh, David Patron, a.k.a. Sly 108, you know, was, you know, one of the most well-known uh, graffiti writers that I knew. And I used to hang with him and uh, roll with them guys. And, uh, you know, and, and it's a funny thing. You can pull it, you uh, just by pulling his name up on Google. <laughs> and it showed you he was the king of the sixth line back then, you know. Yeah. So I started doing the graffiti thing. And, um, you know, and so that I was, you know, I got, like I said, I got blessed. I was able to phase out of the gang thing uh, with no trouble. And, you know, they just kind of, you know, by that time, things were pretty much breaking up. And um, so I, I got out, you know, I got out with no uh, with no scratches, you know what I mean? Just that, you know, that near close, that near close, is, you know, death, near death incident that happened. And But other than that, you know, that was pretty much the only thing. And then, uh, you know, there were a couple of little wild things in between there that happened. But um, I, I got blessed right there. Now, now, now that's dope. Let's start talking about the graffiti, man. Let's let's talk about how you got into that. Like, and was you which, was you down with a certain clique? I know they had like the Fabulous Five back then, supposed to be like that, right? Somebody like that, Fab Five or something like that, and a couple of crews back then. Who was the best? Who was like the was y'all battling crews and was how was it with the police? Because you know now around our block they got the the wall, the Wall of Fame on 106th Street, and then, and it's a legal wall that everybody comes from all over. And see graffiti about thirteen. You probably know the school thirteen. 
13 Wolves. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> New High School 13. Yeah, yeah 13 Wolves um, is a big wall now. Well, the crew that I was with was Sly's crew, which was TS. Uh, that means the squad. And then there was a couple of friends of mine that I knew a dude of a Spanish brother name or Puerto Rican brother name or Space 107. And he had, um, I think it was a TYB crew. It was a BYB crew, you know, Bad Yard Boys, you know, the Yard Boys. You know, so I, I pretty much uh, was a TS, uh, TS uh, the, which meant the squad. I was pretty much up on the Sly's crew. So, and, uh, of course, we had associates that were part of other people's uh, crews right there. And a matter of fact, you know, that was a very strange, uh, that was some very strange company to keep because, you know, a lot of these rappers, they were darkly characters, you know, secretive, you know what I mean? And I even had the privilege of a couple of times even being able to sit on writer's bench over there on 149th Street Grand Concourse and, uh, you know, sit down there. And I, sometimes I play hooky from school and go over there and sit down on a bench right there, and then every now and then you see some, you know, some darkly dude that, yo, what's up, man? You know, remember back then we had the head nod back then. You didn't even have to mm-hmm. talk. It was like a, you know, a, 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 you know, just a simple head nod. What's up? You know what I mean? And uh, they would say, yo, what you writing? Oh, man, and they would show me that book, you know, a couple of ideas that they had they want to put up on the train and stuff. So, man, it was a... You know, it, it was a it was a lot of fun. You know, I met a lot of mysterious people. You know, back then that's how it was. You know, it, it, we had the of course you know hip hop men and you know with the break dancing and the graffiti and the rap. You know, and the, you know and the rap going on back then. So that's pretty much what it was. Where where was some of the most like where was most some of the most famous places that y'all would tag on back then? Like what like what line would y'all go to? What train yards y'all used to go to back then? Well. When I did, like I said before, I'm not going to pretend like I got, got up like my friends did, but I did a little bit, you know. Uh, we pretty much, I pretty much would get on the sixth line, you know, and do a little tag now and then. But really, man, I just got a kick out of watching my friends do it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, we got, you know, I got my tags in or whatever, and, uh, you know, I did my little damage. But, I t- man, I'll tell you a story about that, man. So, one day, man, we were on the train writing and stuff, right? The police called us, right? So my friend said, oh, man, they got us right there. So he said, yo, he said, we asked you what you write. Tell them a little name. You know what I mean? So someone said, it. Someone said, is. You know, so they took the magic markers and wrote it on our shirts. And then one of the guys, they took the spray paint, wrote it on his shirt. It was so funny, man. I mean, man, uh-huh. we had some inventions back then, man. The things we do with kids, man, is something else, man. I want to ask uh-huh. you about the danger action with the police back then because, you know, the 70s is crazy. Like, it wasn't even no laws. You know, it's crazy now with the police with young black teens, but... What about when you was in the graffiti and the gangs and doing the little hip hop? You know, tell me about the run-ins with the police and how it was. And I know it's probably dangerous in some in some of those aspects. Well, the most dangerous thing we did was when we jumped down on the tracks. That was really dangerous. Wow. Now that I think about it, now I mean that was the foolishest thing that you can do. And one time, I actually one time the police was chasing us through the tracks, and guess what, Kev? You know me. You know, I'm short anyway, right? Yeah. People don't realize how high the platform is. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so I'm running, and you think you could just jump up back up on the the platform, not so. So I had to run Mm -hmm. all the way back to the end to where the steps were so that I could get up because it was too high for me to uh, to jump up. I mean, it was over, almost over my head, you know what I'm saying, uh, to get back on the top of the platform, not to mention the fact how dangerous it is. You know, if you touch that third rail, I mean, forget about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you touch that third rail, man, that, you, you're done. So, but we don't, we, sometimes we're not thinking about that when, we, when we're young. We think we can just do just about anything we want to do. You know, with, with you know, with you know, just just fearless, you know, not really thinking of consequences. I could, man, something really tragic could have happened like that. And I've heard stories. I've heard this was years ago. I heard a story of a writer. I can't remember his name, but supposedly he tried to escape by um, getting on riding on top of the train. 
And then when he lifted his head up, the beam, boom, took his head. Wow. So, I mean, that's that's some dangerous stuff, man, doing that, man. But those guys, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've even got, looked at a couple of documentaries about that, man. Those guys were really doing some, I mean, you know, I saw the police are not saying, wouldn't, wouldn't agree that that was some good stuff. But from our point of view, these guys were putting up some pretty good artwork. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, these guys were the, they were bad, man. Was there was there any like you know because you you hear about people tag over other people tag? Was there ever any confrontations with y'all over somebody tagging over y'all tag or y'all tagging over their tag? I didn't experience that. I didn't experience that. And uh, when I did write, uh, when me and Slide would go tagging, me and some of our crew would go tagging, uh, we didn't have that mindset. I don't know if they did on their own when we weren't together, but we didn't really have that mindset to go over somebody's name, whatever. We found a spot to do. It wasn't that kind of thing. But I've heard, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've heard of the stories of that. You know, yeah, that did go on a lot, you know, tagging over somebody's name or writing over somebody's name. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, I, now, I, we didn't get ugly like that with, with the, crew, the crew that I was with. We didn't get ugly like that. What, we just looked for a clean spot to hit the what were some of the famous spots that you partied in, like the clubs that you rocked in? Well, I've been in Harlemville a couple of times. Uh, that was, you know, that was real. That was fun. Of course, you know, we had our theater art center downstairs, right out, right out in the yeah. back of our yard, which was well known. A lot of people came there as well. And um, <laughs> I never did. I've been to the Audubon. No, no, I did not go to the Audubon Ballroom, which I did. Wish I did. I did not get a chance to go there. I had chances, but think about this, Kev. At that time, this was going on everywhere, so we pretty much took it for granted. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, yeah. you know, we went out our way to go to these places because, you know, so what? You know, that was going on. Now, we're talking about it now, look, look, you know, looking at it in hindsight. Wow, that was pretty spectacular what was going on. But during the time when we were in it, it was just, He's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. He's rapping. He's rapping. He's DJing. He's DJing. It was just something that everybody was doing. We didn't, nobody, I don't think anybody was thinking it was going to get to what it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you- I've been to Hollywood a couple of times. Uh, uh, I didn't go to the Renaissance, which I had. I didn't never did go to the Renaissance. And remember, think about this, Kev. This is, this is, this is strange. I'm 57 years old, right? And as old as I am, I believe it or not, you know, this rap thing was going on strong even when I was just 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's how long this, this hip-hop thing had been going on. Wasn't even on the radio. I can remember the times when it wasn't on the radio. And kids can't even, and like your kids couldn't even imagine that when no rap was on the radio. Like when we only could hear a rap song in the hood. Yes. And you know what? In some ways, you know, I mean, it, a lot of people have made money off of it, and I can understand that, you know, it, it's wrong to what it is. But you know what? Back then, it was our thing. It was our mm-hmm. thing when it was like that. It was a way to, you know, charge a couple of dollars at the door, get a little hustle. You know, it, it kept, you know, I don't tell it how many counties and brothers that kept off the street from having to hustle or sell drugs or whatever. If you could charge two dollars at the door, you know, for people coming to probably put a little stamp on their hand and, and earn a few dollars like that. You know, it was our thing. It was localized. It was yeah. for the people, by the people. Now it's commercialized and it's gotten all this stuff. And, you know, then you got the, you know, the killings and the fightings and the shootings and, all this stuff, man, and, and, it, and it was really wasn't invented to be for that. It was really a way for us to vent and have a good time and, you know, and, and do our own thing amongst ourselves as brothers and sisters, and then all of a sudden, man, this thing just took off, man, to another direction, man. We don't even want to, you don't even want to, you don't even want to go into, man. So this, yeah, it's, it's got, some of it's gotten out of hand, but, you know, what can we do? You know, it, it was yeah. our thing back then. I can admit that. Yeah, it definitely was, you know. It, it it was like, you know, records like Drummer's Beat and like you said, records like Apache, 
And it was like they'll play it over and over again, you know. It was no, like, sampling the record. The DJ had to be good and cut it on time, and the DJ was the sampler. It was it was yes. at its rarest form. And and, and, and and the messed up part is that the feeling of that is this. But I want to ask you this. Like, you know a lot of the greatest and the top MCs that helped put this in the game. We all know it started in the Bronx with Grandmaster Flash and Cool Herc. But what what we doing in this documentary, we giving the uncelebrated pioneers, you know, like like yeah. yourself from the to the to the from the gang things and all that. But you know, we we was there too. Harlem was there at the same time, right there when it started. And a lot of the top guys like Kumo D and Kevin Kev and a few with and 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 a few of the other guys that Rayvon and them, they was all from Harlem and they was out then too. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, uh, these guys were very approachable. I mean, they were they were just neighborhood guys. You know what I mean? They were right there. They were, you know, we could see them every day. You could say hello, hey, how you doing? You could talk to them, walk with them, talk with them. You know, it, it was, like I said, you know, it was our thing. These guys were, you know, in our neighborhood, and uh, they were just doing what they were doing, and you were doing what you were doing. You know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. that's how it was. It was it was our thing, like I said. And uh, and uh, you know it blew up. It took off. And uh, now this thing is up. You know, took off into the stratosphere now, I guess. So you know, I guess now, that's the progression of it. Do you listen to rap now? Uh, I listen to. I'm gonna tell you, I'm as old school as you can get. I mean, <laughs> I I don't even like some of the stuff that's coming out now, even though. I prefer some of the underground stuff I'm hearing, like Papoose and, you know, there's a couple of other, uh, you know, rappers that I do, you know, a couple of old old school stuff that I do like, you know, but Papoose is, is, is pretty much what's going on now. And I guess there's some other, you know, rappers that's going on now, but I don't really look too much like the flavor now. You know, I like the Buckshot. You know, I remember, you know, um, you know, I pretty much would listen to uh, – you know, listen some of the old Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. <laughs> you don't listen to the Migos yeah. or nothing, huh? Huh? <laughs> you don't listen to the Migos? Nah, man. I, you know what? If I heard them, I'm not even paying no attention. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm hard up about my stuff. I was, you know, I'm really stuck on what I came up with, what I came up listening to. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Cold Crush Brothers, Crash Crew. You know, to me, that was hip-hop right then because you really had to do, like Grandmaster Slash said, you got to do research. And back then, you used to do research to find records, get old discarded albums and stuff like this and take out a beat right there and put it together and make it sound like something completely different. Now you now you go in the studio, you make a couple of beats, you go in there, you say your mind, you're done. Back then, you really had to work, learn, you know, experiment, and uh, and really come up with your own thing. Oh man, what's that he cutting right there? You know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. you know that was the, that was the fun of it. That was the the, uh, the the you know the mystique of it. You know what I mean? Who could come up with something unique and different? And now you could just go ahead and program your own thing. I'm not downing anybody that's doing it. I'm just saying if you're right, care it's not the same. Yeah, it's not. The art form is not the same because you know guys used to be in their houses, meeting somebody's house and be in their room. And be in a little little project apartment room with a dude with a DJ setting it, and dudes be practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing, you know. And now guys go on the stage with seven hundred people, you know, and just be jumping up and down. But it's a different, yeah. but it, 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 you know, you know me and my business, you know, I deal with them both. You know, I like the youngins now. You know, they got a lot of energy. They making more money than um than what the older guys. That's the only thing that I feel bad about is like the the legends like you guys, they, you know, they be trying, you know, they, we don't do this in hip hop like they do for rock and roll. Like they should have hall of fame for all the, the, the legendary dudes, the brothers that was in the graffiti, the brothers, cause, cause the, the gang, the gang be created hip hop, you know what I mean? And, and created hip hop, the graffiti created hip hop. And the MC created hip hop. They should have a, a Hall of Fame, not just like the Hip Hop Hall of Fame that they have now for basically the ones who made records or 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 that been in um, how you would say the public eye on television, some type of way. 
there's a lot of unsung heroes like you, man, and um, you know, like Ray Vaughn and like um, like uh, people don't even know Andre Harrell was Doctor Jekyll. You know, you know, people just know him as Andre Harrell and he's with Puffy. People don't even know he was Doctor Jekyll. You know, Robin on it. That's know, true. A lot of people. And, you know, That's these true, guys are people, you know, so it's like a lot. Listen, there's not a DJ like Spivey that was got to be doing cartwheels and backflips and breakdancing and DJing at the same time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right, Kev. That's right. Spivey was doing a little everything. That's so you know what I'm saying? Now, and, 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 that, and I don't think that I'll ever be able to do. Maybe if somebody heard me say it now, some dude would be like, oh, yo, that's dope. But he did it when it was when nobody believed in what we was doing. Now, and I, yeah. like you said, your mom, your moms was thinking it was a wreck. Did you think that it would be to where it's at now, back then, when you were in the park with Champ and Jazz with the Fantastic Four? Did you think it would be this to this day? No, no, no. We didn't think of it that way. Because in our world, it was always going to be like that. You know what I mean? In our world at that time, it was always going to be like that. It was always going to be, you know, our little crew sitting sitting at, at, at Brian's house. Brian Lucy, God bless God, you know, God bless him. And we would sit up in his house, man. And, you know, I, I, too much, I pretty much didn't touch the turntables. And I just didn't have it in me to be a DJ or or rapper, even though I could have been one if I really wanted to. I mean, I had, you know what, to be honest with you, man, one day I went over to Alonzo Brown's house, and uh, I was just asking at him and uh, see how he was doing, and then he asked me, he said, John, you used to do graffiti, right? I said, yeah. He said, man, you think you can make me some flyers and stuff like this here? And um, and I was like, oh, man, you want me to make flyers? Yeah, you know, and so guess what? I was going in another direction. It just wasn't in my card. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, just to think how, you know, that could have led into something else, you know, just by me participating like that. And, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't go forward to it because I'd rather have done other, you know, little silly things, you know, where where she was focused, you know, on what he wanted to do. Matter of fact, one day I asked Lonzo, I said, um, I said, um, what is it, man, that makes you do what you want to do? I mean, you know, what, what is it that, that got you, you know, you know, wanting to do, you know, your, your, your stuff that you're doing now. He said, John, he said, I'll tell you, man, determination. He said, John, when I got into this, I was determined that I was going to make it. And I'll never forget that. He told me that, you know what I mean? And um, mm-hmm. as you can see how determined he was, look at him. Turning around yeah. and made a life for himself, be a, a legend in hip-hop, you know, a, a pioneer, you know what I mean? And, and and you're right, Kevin. I, and I appreciate the show that you're doing, man, because there's a lot of the brothers that just like him that don't get the recognition that they deserve for for really bringing this thing forward to what it is today. They laid down the foundation for what we see now in, in what they call hip hop, rap, or whatever they want to call it. But um, yes, they did. They laid down the foundation. No doubt, John. Now, you know, we did a good 45 minutes, almost 45 minutes with you, John. You gave me a lot, man, a lot of good stuff. But I just want you, you know, because I know you're a changed dude now from all of that. You know what I mean? I know you got God in your life now. I just want you to pass a message to to the youngers about where you came from, how you started, and how you changed it, what you want them to know, something that we might not touch stuff on. Well, let me tell you this. First, we have to realize and understand Who's in charge? We are not in charge. The Most High God is in charge. He's in charge of everything. He runs everything. Good, bad, evil, short, tall, skinny, fat, the air, the sky, the water, the ocean, everything is all his. And he's in charge. And he runs this. And once we understand that and respect that and give him the respect that he deserves, and you do that by just thanking him. Get up every morning and just say, thank you, God. You ain't got to get down there and say a three-hour is going to do, you know, like Gilly Gonzalez in a three-hour tour. You ain't got to do all that. You know, that's a simple thank you will do. And, you know, once once we once we get that down and, and, and understand that, that you know, that, that the most high God is, is the one that rules all this, you know, it'll be, it'll be a lot better for you. 
you you'll be surprised just by just by saying thank you. That that activates him. You, that that activates him and it sets things in motion. You know, and, and you know, if it sounds like I'm preaching, I'm not. I'm just saying this is what where I am now. Break, you know, break it down. You ain't uh, preaching. Yeah, but you know, and um, that. Yes, sir. Now, go ahead, continue, John. Yeah, and um, you know, if you have an idea or something that you want to do, you know, don't waste time. You know, go out there and do it. You know, it's easy said than done, I know, but if there's something that you want to do in your life and you got a goal, you got an idea or something you want to do, go out there and pursue it. Ask questions. Don't worry about what a person may think or whatever. Ask questions. If somebody will sit down with you and 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 talk to you, just as we just talked about tonight, how we have plenty of opportunities to to ask any questions that we wanted to to you know we wanted something that we wanted to learn. You know, go out there. You know, stay away from the drug thing. You know, you know, just stay away. Just don't do it. You know what I mean? It's 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 out there. It's designed to destroy us. And once we realize that and understand that that stuff is out there to destroy us, you know what I mean? Then you know you just avoid that and stay away from it. We got we got to because if we don't, man, we all gonna die. If we don't stay away from this, we all gonna die. And that's the thing that we gotta realize. We gotta realize that it's it's out. It's us. Nobody wants to help us, Kev. Nobody cares about us. We out here fighting this battle ourselves, and we're going to have to do it ourselves with, 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 with making sure that we got the most high God behind us. Once once we do that, once we give him the props that he deserves, he will lead us in the direction that we need to go. And that, and that's and that's the bottom line. It may sound cold, but guess what? That's the way it is. Listen, bro, I thank you, man. I thank you for the talk, man. Um, for all of y'all that might have missed this show live, you know what I'm saying? You will see the, the this will be, and um, this whole interview will be part of the film, The Uncelebrated Pioneer, with my homie John, Johnny Davis himself, and some, upper, and some of the legends that we talked about. You will hear all of their stories in this documentary, which is already in a lot of film festivals. The trailer is already in a lot of film festivals already. So, But the full movie is going to be dropping in the summer. So, um, definitely, John, man, thank you for coming through, man. Well, Kevin, let me just say this, man. I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of uh, you, man, for doing what you're doing, brother. I'm very proud of you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for allowing me to come on, man. I'm very proud of you, man, doing something with your life, man, something that you love doing, man. I appreciate you, too, man. Thank you, brother. All right? But, you know, I'm about ready to play some music you don't like. <laughs> no, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not that. But you know, I'm just kind of stuck in my era, man. I just feel no, like no, that quality it. of music is better. Yeah, I got it. It's all good. But, you know, I, got, I got a wide audience, so I'm gonna play this new YG featuring Tiger. We gonna shout out to my man Johnny Davis. Like I said, make sure y'all check out the documentary. We gonna do this beef stew radio. We live. Let's go, y'all. Slide on a nigga with the fofo. Yeah, 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 Bust it open. My bitch go loco, go loco, go loco, go loco. 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 Go loco
Slide on a nigga with the fofo. Yeah, fofo. Slide, slide. My bitch so loco. Up. I'm my Nike shoes and ran up a check. Got monkey bullets and it's taking off. 
fucking off his knee. Shots in the middle, my head up. Talking real crazy, he caught a deal. That's a big booty bitch, you thought it wasn't real. Cause it tastes like cannon, I call it FL. Boy, make a move, don't give me no love. Superstar steady, got hoes in the vet. Keep shit trill, boy, ain't real. Everything going on like a motherfucker bell. He tried to run off, but the boy got caught. Pushed up where he stayed, yeah, the block got chopped. Rats had tapped, make the boy walk it out. He told to the boy, cut the tongue out of mouth. Deeper, we went eight, talking Friday, head down, yeah, rats up. I bet knock him out. Shit in that shoes, I'm tight, he ain't wearing that nigga. I fucked him around the cop. Go rock out shorts now. How many hoes now? How many fake ass niggas say they roll, yeah? But they told, yeah. Bitch yeah. ain't racist, I still rock their clothes, yeah. Rinse on froze, yeah. Predicate got it on show my toes. Can't show up and show. That's How many more me? Bitch ain't green. Yeah. You wanna pray here? Yeah, that's me. Oh, yeah. Bitch on the baby hood, baby, yeah, the king. Rocks, I got her, got cuts my jeans. Baby, so lit, she pop her beans. How many hairs this shit gon' bring? Shit, how many more niggas that gon' change? Bitch, I pop it everywhere, just can't pay. Bitch, got it. O, O, D, B, A, B, I, E, A. I'm the real hood. The real one. Bitch, it's tatted on my neck. I laced it up. In my Nike shoes and ran Go up with check. Got monkey bullets in his tip and he's taking off his knee. Shots in the middle, might hit him full. Talking real crazy, he caught a dip. Not a big booty bitch, you thought it wasn't real. Cause it tastes like cannon, I caught it at film. Boy, make a move, don't give me no love. Superstar steady, got hoes in the vet. Keep shit trill, boy, ain't real. Everything going on like a motherfucking hell. Keep you obsessed with fancy objects to crack your third eye. It's the process. It's the hot mess out here for a melanated nigga. I say meditating nigga.
dynamic grip. This pot smells delicious, and it's the base for our ultimate beef stew. Now we're talking about beef stew. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.